So, Panther fans, welcome to the post-game show, Four Man Rush uh, podcast. Going to talk about today's loss against the New England Patriots uh, at home today. Uh, Kev, you were there live. I'll let you start today since we were there in the building. What was your feeling overall watching the game, energy in the stadium? And how was the experience today? Uh, the energy was just definitely one of frustration after the first quarter. Um, again, <clears throat> We uh we knew that with the Bill Belichick coach team that it was going to be a a tough one. But there were, and I hate to say it, there were just so many missed opportunities that you know it's just it's just unfortunate that we uh that we just let it steamroll out of control on us. Um, defense, you know, that first half played their ass off. Um, you know, two turnovers, you know, a a uh, a forced fumble by. Brian Burns recovered by Frankie Louvu, and then a, um, and then an interception by Stephen Gilmore. You know that had to feel good against his, you know his former team. So I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, the offense is going to feed off of this. But well, I, I've 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 been I've been going to Bank of America Stadium since 2011. I haven't missed a home game outside of last year that was due to the COVID restrictions. This was probably the worst, or let me put it like this, the most frustrating offensive output that I've ever seen, you know, at, at home. I mean, it just literally was just like fans were literally hoping that the defense would score because there was just, there was just absolutely zero faith. I mean, just looking at my neighbors to the side of me and, and just, you know, just the conversation we were having, man, it's like, you know, we just had absolutely zero faith. You know, we're up there yelling, man, he's open, throw it, throw it. You know, Robbie open, DJ open, hell, uh, Tommy Tremble. I mean, like, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot to say about Joe Brady, but Joe Brady schemes up getting players free, man. But, you know, with with Sam, Sam I am, because just saying Sam Donald's is not enough for me. Sam I am is just... You know, he, he he just fucking up for us. Let me just put it blunt and directly. Sam Donald is just fucking up for us. And it's just, it's really just demoralizing. And you saw the frustrations boil over with, you know, Robbie Anderson after that. Um, I don't know if it was the second interception or the third one. Uh, you know, that clip where uh, clearly, you know, he was talking to Sam Donald, showing his frustration and he... Um, you know, all Sam did was just uh, put his baseball cap on his head and, you know, look at the sidelines. Um, yeah, but just to, just to experience that energy and, you know, the Pat fans that were in there, it's just like they knew. And, you know, it was just another game. I'm sitting there and listening to another opposing team and their fans just take over and, you know, do their chants and their rants and all that good stuff, man. But, hey. You know, we did it last week in Atlanta. So, hey, if you can dish it, you better be able to take it. So it was definitely, uh, definitely a flip of the coin um, this time around. But overall, it was just, it was just very demoralizing and very, just a, it was just a hopeless feeling. Like there was no hope at any point that this was going to be um, something that we could possibly come back from because there was just no evidence of it. Uh, you know, halftime with Sam Donald was like five or twelve for thirty-two yards. And I'm sitting up here thinking, like, we traded three draft picks for five for 12, 32 yards. 
we picked up a fifth-year option for $18 million for five for 12 for 32 yards. I mean, it, it, it just, like I say, by far the most frustrating um, game. I don't know if it's the worst stats-wise, but it's probably going to be in the top five home games. But it's just, uh, that's just how it was, man. Just, just very demoralizing as a fan to watch that today. Yeah, I mean, stats, you know, kind of look at his stats. He kind of got some garbage time yards on some check downs late in the game. But it, this was just bad offensively. I mean, where do you even start with that? And the question is, like, what, what can we do? You know, we trying to run the ball um, as much as we can, keep the ball out of his hands as much as possible. We're not doing complex route combinations anymore. It's just one read play action passes. We're not asking him to go through progressions. We're not asking him to do a lot, hand the ball off, you know, make accurate throws on screens, check the ball down. You know, if your first read's not there, take off and run. And he's just incapable of doing that. You know, he's incapable of carrying this team. He's incapable of being a game manager. You know, what can you, how do you, what, how do you develop an offense when you have to babysit, lock up, put your quarterback in a straight jacket. And even when you, when he has to make a play for you, he throws interceptions. I mean, it's just I, – I just don't know how we can game plan for a quarterback like this anymore. Um, I mean, one week is, 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 you know, we're saying, oh, we doesn't have the greatest offensive line. Everything's not going to be perfect around him. We're not going to have the 92 Cowboys offensive line, the greatest show on turf weapons, the, you know – I mean, he's well, at what point can he just be a big boy, be a pro quarterback and make plays? I and mean, we just – Every time we ask him to do something, he's, he messes up. I just think it's time, you know, since he's entered the league, since he was at USC, it's always been about he doesn't have the right supporting cast. He doesn't have the right coaching. He doesn't have the right this, this, or that. You know, it was Adam Gaze's fault. It was no weapons, no running back, no nothing. So, I mean, the guy, I mean, at what point do we just have to say, okay, the guy's year four in this league. He's had the same turnover problem since he was at USC. He turned the ball over with the Jets. He's turning the ball over here. He's got seven touchdown passes to 11 interceptions. You know, at what point do we just admit, look, he is what he is, bro. He's, he's not, he's not going to develop into some franchise quarterback. It's not going to be this miraculous turnaround that we've never seen before. You know, it's just simply trying to take, you know, a project who never – showed anything capable of carrying a team and being a starting quarterback in this league, made the gamble, they failed. It's just time to eat that cap hit, you know, take your loss, and, you know, we'll see how we address it the rest of the season and the offseason. I mean, you know, I mean, P.J. Walker obviously isn't the answer, but at this stage, I mean, you know, with a full week of practice, a full week of – you know, going through film, preparing as a starter, can it get any worse? <laughs> uh, you know, after that, I, I would say yeah, it probably could, but uh, ironically, I really don't think it get any worse to, um, than today. Um, and mind you, P.J. Walker, God bless us. So, you know, I know he tries and put effort, you know, he just, you know, doesn't have that it factor. I mean, on anybody else's team, he's – uh, third string or practice squad um, quarterback for us. He's the next man up. And um, even though, you know, he was with me when we drafted Will Greer and how frustrated I was, but today was the day, the first time I said in my life, 
you know, we had Will Grill, we probably could have won today. <laughs> you know, that's the first time I I think I ever publicly said that out loud. Like just 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 watching Sam Donor. I, I you know, when I did my you know, my training camp observations, you know, I I mentioned that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, Will Grill was the better quarterback that day, you know, on, on multiple days. Uh, now, again, you can only put so much stock in the training camp, you know, and I get it. Um, but, you know, I actually, you know, I actually uh, felt that way. But uh, just overall, though, man, um, they've they've pretty much skimmed the playbook down. The, they I don't know how much more they can water down the play calling and the game planning to to make this effective. I mean, I'm looking at we're running similar formation similar type plays like it's almost pretty much become a predictable what we're going to do once we see the once the, once we see the team line up you know that's how watered down you know we had to do to try to to try to call to this 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 player that's just simply uh just doesn't have it you know Sam Donald is not an NFL quarterback um there's nothing about him that makes me feel like you know, in any other circumstances that he could he could be better. I mean, this is supposed to be that fresh start, um, you know, better, you know, support, like you said, better uh, weapons around him. Uh, shit, a top five defense on the other side. What quarterback wouldn't want a top five defense, you know, to get them the ball back? Um, yeah, man, it's, it's – I hate to say it, but this <laughs> – you know, we, we we potentially could lose the lose out, man, because there's just nothing better on the other side. I, I know the San Sam Donna out there again would make it, you know, would be something that feels like straight torture. But I mean, again, what 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 have we seen out of you know PJ Walker, you know, to to feel like they can be any better? Um, you know, I know he took all the first team reps this week. You know, and, and and was literally a game time decision that they decided to um, let Sam Donald play. But I'm 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 just done. I, I just don't have any. And you know me, Will. I'm one of the more optimistic people in the four man rush. You know, I was looking for that silver lining. I got none. There's nothing that I can see to feel any glimmer of redemption out of the quarterback position to play better. And I really feel bad for our defensive players who play their ass off, who flying around, who making plays, who, you know, getting the crowd pumped up, you know, they, they, you know, they're putting it all in and to know that they can't, you know, they can't even get basic minimum support back. You know, that that's, that's just really depressing. Like the way our defense played today, we could have put up just 17, 20 points. We could have won today. You know, <laughs> you know, we, we'd have gotten down to the point where, where, I don't know if you want to call it bad to only expect that much our offense, but that's just legit how good our defense is. If we could have put up 17 points today and no turnovers, we could have won this game, you know, easily. Um, is how I feel, but it didn't happen. We have what it had, we have what it is. So um, I'm just pretty much hopeless for the rest of this season, man. I'm, you know, I'm still gonna go to all the games. Um, I'm still gonna, you know, come down to Miami with you in a few weeks. When we play the Dolphins, I'm still gonna get up every game day morning and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it today." But as of right now, as a fan, I just, I just, I, I just feel like the season is uh, lost already, and we got eight games left. 
Yeah, I, mean, I want to answer this question. Thoughts on Watson? We're actually uh, Watson doesn't want to play here. He, um, his contract has a no trade clause, and he only is willing to waive it for Miami. So I don't think that's going to be an option. Will he change it? Will he change his mind in the spring? Will his legal situation be cleared up in the spring? Who knows? Or in the winter, I mean, who knows at this point? But yeah, it's, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I know that because he wasn't willing to waive his no trade clause to play for Carolina. So, yeah, man, I mean, and, you know, we're looking at halftime. We're down, what, 14 to 6? Um, yep. We got two turnovers. Stephon Gilmore, man, I mean, talk about a positive takeaway from today. I mean, two weeks, limited reps, two interceptions, still looking like an elite cornerback that we got. You know, we were able to get with a six-round – what was it, a six-round pick? So, I mean – Yeah, six-round pick. And we're getting that type of performance out of it. So, I mean, that's looking like a great trade right there. Hopefully he'll want to stick around because he's been playing great ball back-to-back weeks. And then, you know, uh, it was uh, Brian Burns, you know, come off the edge. We'll get to the Matt Jones's little, you know, ankle lot later. But he comes off the edge, gets that strip sack. we able to get another turnover. And we got two – possession starting in Patriots territory. Offense can get nothing out of it. We still convert it into points, cash in a little bit. We get six points out of it. But Matt Jones and the Patriots, they're getting touchdowns. You know, they had a nice little game plan offensively using a lot of misdirections, a lot of draw plays to take advantage of our aggressive upfield rush. Um, I think Matt Jones managed the game pretty well. He, I think one play, Phil Snow bought a blitz, and Matt Jones was able to identify it quickly get the ball to his running back who was being covered by Morgan Fox coming out of the backfield. They had a huge play in the past game there, and that was kind of a game-changing play early on. And then, you know, I think 14-6 to is still in it. You know, 14-6 to is not uh, – I mean, we're down by one score. We get the ball at the half. We're in very good shape. You know, we drop, we drive the ball down the field. You know, very conservative game plan. And what happens? We want to play action. He rolls out instead of throwing the ball away. You know, pick six and 14 to six becomes 21 to six. And you're just not going to come back on a well coached Bill Belichick team uh, like that. So, you know, just a tough loss, poor offensive football. And I just don't, I don't know what the offense can do at this point. How many touches did Christian McCaffrey have today? Like 18, uh, 19, something like that. So they're still trying to get him his touches. I mean, it took him a while to get him involved as a receiver out of the backfield, I thought. But there's only so much you can do when you have to game plan around a bad quarterback the way we are. You know, playing offense like this is just not sustainable. You know, maybe it works against teams like the Falcons, those lower-tier guys. But if we're going to make any noise this year, playing offense like this is just not going to be uh, sustainable. <laughs> they really hated Teddy this much, huh? You know, and that's the thing, man. You know, Sam Darnold was never a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think – I don't know why they, you know, were so quick to move on from one guy and downgrade the way they did. I know um, they probably burned a bridge with Teddy when they put him on the trade block early on. They tried to trade him for Stafford, but Stafford said, no, I don't want to play for Carolina. So that fell through. So now you've already burned your bridge and showed your hand with Teddy. You're basically telling him. You're on the trade block. We tried to trade you. You can't just come back to them and say, oh, we changed our mind. So I think they kind of doubled down instead of just, you know, saying keep them for a year, draft Justin Fields, draft Mac Jones, let them sit with Teddy or, you know, sit behind them or possibly beat them out later in the season. 
they doubled down and they traded for a, a, an even worse quarterback. I mean, you know, I don't see what the fascination with Darnold's game was coming out of the Jets. You know, some people will say they saw arm talent and all this, this and that, but, you know, that's, that's just more to playing quarterback than, you know, those physical things you see from him. He's just not very slow processing things. He's not accurate. He doesn't make good decisions. He's not good in the pocket. I don't see the upside that a lot of people in this coaching staff, you know, saw in him to make that trade worthwhile. So we're taking a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick. You know, you're looking at two quarterbacks today, right? You have Matt Jones, a rookie, starting the ninth game his entire career. You have a four-year veteran and Sam Darnold. When you looked at them, who looked like the rookie? Who was more calm, cool, collected in the pocket and making good decisions, Darnold or Matt? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who, who was the veteran today? You know, who, who was the one finding his check down and not throwing into double coverage, not making bad decisions? Who, who looked like the rookie and who looked like the veteran today? Yeah, it did. Jones didn't put up, you know, great numbers, but when you have a defense like that, you don't have to. And that's what I'm trying to – and that's was my thing with uh, Bridgewater. He could have a game like that. He could throw for 150 yards, maybe a score. Just don't turn the ball over. We have a great defense. If we don't beat ourselves, we can win games. But Darnold's even a tier below game. We can't even manage a game. You know, he turns the ball over way too much. He's careless with the football. And this has been a problem since he was at USC. So I just don't know what we can do offensively to game plan uh, for a quarterback like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely frustrating because, I mean, you know, you you hit the you hit the nail right on the head. Go ahead and put it on the record. You know, most of us in the four parting ways with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, when we found out, it was like, why? You know, the whole point of Teddy's contract was to let him be the bridge until we get you know find our franchise guy. You know, and and. I, didn't but let just for the sake of conversation it feels like that our front office was listening to our fans oh he check it down to oh he doesn't throw enough deep balls well you got a quarterback that doesn't mind throwing it down feel a lot and look what the hell you're getting you know be careful what you you know wanting all of these glamour highlight big plays downfield you know big plays come with big reward but also big risks and you saw that uh you saw that here today um, you know, I mean, just, it's, you know, when you just, you just see the, the three interceptions, uh, a quarterback pass rating of only 26.3. I mean, you know, but Hey, you know, when you look at his, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, for those of y'all feel, you know, he's right up there, you know, in the league. Yeah. He does throw it deep a lot. You know, so I'm just going to go ahead and see where backlash come from AB. We was wrong about Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I'm not saying Teddy Bridge. We never said Teddy Bridgewater was. But you cannot see that the Carolina Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater would be at least at worst six and three. If hell, potentially eight and one, you know, because um, when you look at our games, I mean, you take away the – like I said, if we're just not turning the ball over, 
you know, that's at least three more wins. Um, when you, when you look when you look at our when you look at our losses, we're not. Uh, what you say? You got what eleven interceptions? We are right. Yep, lead the league eleven interceptions now. Cut that in half. Let's say if you only had five, or hell, I even go up to six. You know, we're winning. You know, we we'd have won. You know, two more games. We're, we'd be sitting with a with a winning record. We're probably you know locked into a wild card position. You know, what I'm saying at worst. Um. Uh, but again, you know. Nobody online like to swallow their pride, you know. And again, we're not saying that Teddy was the long-term answer, but you cannot tell me that we, if we would have kept Teddy Bridgewater, kept our draft picks, that we would not be in a much better situation, not only for this season but moving forward. You know, we're 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 paying Teddy eleven million dollars this year to play for Denver, his salary. Denver's only paying like four million. We're we're booting the other eleven million, you know. And you know they're sitting record a five and four record sorry um so yeah so we we've helped somebody else and we sabotage our damn selves why because i want a quarterback to throw a deed i want big plays y'all want someone that can air it out when simply moving the chains is enough to win it now again you know with matt jones he was what 12 for 18 139 yards uh sat two times you know, but what did he do? He was able to move the chains. He was able to move the ball, you know, when it when it mattered the most. To their third downs, there was six and 14 on third downs while we were three, four, 11. You know, I'll take 44, 45% conversion on third down. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, yards per play, you know, it was nearly even 4.6 New England, 4.2 uh, Panthers. Um so again, this you know, you know, like I say, be careful what you ask for, fans. When you when you're evaluating and you and you're looking at quarterbacks, and you're you're a fan of the deep ball and the long ball, because this is this is what you get when a quarterback's not accurate, or uh, when he doesn't have the touch, or when he's just simply shell. Like Will, it was really frustrating to see how many times you know Sam Darnold did that little spin out and just to run the ball down the sideline just to throw it out of bounds, like. He's not even giving our receivers a chance to even make a play on the ball, you know. So, um, you know, that's 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 pretty much all I can say about that. And in this comment, do you think we'll release Robbie after the season? You know, Robbie got this signed a two-year deal. So, I mean, he, he's not even – this is the final year of his previous deal, right? His new contract starts next season. So, I mean, we still got Robbie for two more years, but – you know, and I think this is just a kind of a snowball effect of bad offense. You know, and why are we why are we on Robbie? Like we know what Robbie Anderson can do. But let's stop. Let's stop throwing this man under the bus. We know what Robbie Anderson can do. The guy just had the best season of his career with Teddy Bridgewater and caught a thousand yards. You know, he was one of four players with a thousand yards from scrimmage last year. He was, you know, productive and he had three productive seasons with the New York Jets. His most productive season with the Jets was with Josh McCown, not Sam Darnold. But, you know, we know Robbie Anderson can play football. Let's stop, you know, this narrative that he is a bad football player. All of a sudden he forgot how to play. He got lackadaisical because he signed a new contract. You know, let's, let's stop talking like that. The guy is the only one on the sideline showing passion, looking like he cares. Everyone else is just kind of sitting on the bench with their head down. Doesn't want to, you know, man up and hold, be a, hold anyone accountable. He's the leader of that offense, and he's going to get his act together. Right now, 
I think it's just a snowball effect of a few things. One, you know, the six drops, that don't help. You know, that's on him. And I'm sure if anyone's going to own up to that, it's him. Because, you know, that's how he gets down. But, you know, you look further into it, 54% of Robbie Anderson's targets are uncatchable. They're bad throws from the quarterback. So that's, you know, that's one thing that's holding them back this year. Number two, Robbie Anderson is top five in the NFL in missed air yards that are the fault of the quarterback, right? So when Robbie gets open, he, you know, six drops is one thing, but 54% of his passes, like I said, are uncatchable, and he has top five in missed air yards. So when he's getting open, the balls are not accurate, so he's not able to make a play on the passes. And that doesn't even count the number of times and you can't see this from the live broadcast. So if you don't watch all 22, you're not really going to know what I'm talking about. But Robbie gets open downfield all the time, man. He's always open downfield. But you have to go through a progression and find them. You know, Darnold is not going to go through his progressions and find that backside read with Robbie in one-to-one coverage, getting open downfield and going to be able to make those plays. So when you don't have a quarterback, when your quarterback is so limited like Darnold, who suffers? Your wide receivers are not going to be as productive because they don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball. And, and, you know, and that's what it is right now. So, you know, you're not going to be able to see Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall Jr. They're not going to get, you know, with this type of offense, all they're going to do is block in the run game because we don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball. Then the coach has completely lost confidence in this quarterback, as you can see by the game plan. You know, this running the ball, trying to run the ball 35, 40 times a game is not sustainable. You know, if you can't throw the ball, you're not going to win a lot of games in this league. So to answer the question, I think releasing Robbie Anderson would be silly. You know, I stand by what I said in the preseason. We have a very talented core group of skilled players at running back and wide receiver. We just need to do a better job of getting them the football. Yeah, and well, let me just add, you know, the, the, the salary cap facts to back up what you – so elegantly put, you know, I got Rob Anderson's contract pulled up here. This year, 2021, was the second year of his original two-year $20 million contract that he signed. All right. Now, his contract extension um, is for two years, $29.5 million, uh, with $11.5 million signing bonus, $20.5 million guaranteed. So, you know, talking about cutting Robbie or trading Robbie is just – salary cap suicide so you know kind of you know y'all 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 let that go you know because if sam if you was a wide receiver you had sam don throwing you the ball like this how productive would you be you know again not misusing his drops but you know let's let's call it what it is but from a salary cap perspective if for that reason if we decided to release um robbie anderson next year will the dead cap on that move would be 15.6 million dollars you know um, which is crazy because right now our dead cap as of right now, as of today, before we came on the air was only $7.7 million owed towards next season, which would be an all time low for us in the last past 10 years. So let's just keep that in mind. Now for, let's say whatever reason, uh, we want to release him after next season in the 2023 season, uh, the dead cap for releasing him would only be $3.8 million. Uh, but again, you know, Robin Anderson, who had a career year with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, is that, you know, he's just he's he's not he's not the issue or whatever. So uh, I get the frustration with the drops. Drops happen. But, 
you know, thinking that he took off or his plate undropped since he got the contract is just bullshit. You know, that's just fan frustration without the actual applicable logic to go behind it. So, you know, you know, I get the frustration, but, you know, stop putting bad mouth on that man, applying circumstances that's not even that's not even true. Yeah, and then when you look at his drops, you know, and it's kind of hard to explain, but when you you know your offense is struggling, you know your quarterback's struggling, you're not getting the targets you want, you're not involved in the offense like you want. So every time you get a target, your mentality goes from fundamental football, you know, look the ball in, secure the catch first, and then figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with it. Now you're thinking, I got to make a play. I got to make a play. So once you get the pass, your first instinct, instead of securing the catch is, I got to make a play. So instead of, you know, looking at the ball, you know, bringing it in, you know, and, you, you know, using your eyes to secure the catch, you're looking downfield at, you know, where are the defenders? Who do I have to make miss? You know, where's my open space? How am I going to make this guy miss, get upfield and get yards after the catch instead of securing the catch? So when you're frustrated like that, you're pressing to make a play and you're not, you know, you lose sound of your fundamentals. And I think Robbie was just at that point with those uh, six drops that he has this year. But, you know, and, and that just brings me to another point, though. Like, you know, what a Tom, watch a Tom Brady interview where he says it's the quarterback's job to protect his wide receivers, right? When the wide receiver is running across the middle, you want to throw the ball away from the defender, low and away, so you don't get your wide receivers head taken off. Sam Darnold's just not a good quarterback. Look at the wide receivers. He's knocked all three of our wide receivers out of ball games this year. Terrace Marshall Jr. against Houston, hospital ball, across the middle, crap, got concussed. He missed time. You know, Robbie Anderson last week running on that deep dig route. Safety waiting for him right there. Sam Darnold runs him right into the safety. Boom, he gets, you know, knocked out. He guys, you know, I think he had a back injury with that. And then today, sure enough, DJ Moore coming across the middle on a shallow cross right into the defender. Bam, he's getting the hospital ball. So, you know, it's just, I just think everything comes down to, I really do. I think everything with the offense just starts with the quarterback, starts with the offensive coordinator, and it's just trickling down and affecting everybody else's play right now. And that's why you see the total disaster you see right now. Will Greer would have been a much cheaper scapegoat. Sure would have. Got that right. One source said Phillip Rivers was talking like he would come out of retirement to play for the Saints. You think he want to play behind this offensive line, though? I mean, we got Matt Paradis tore his ACL, right? And Cam Irving, as bad as he is at left tackle, I mean, Daly didn't play well either. I think he had a um, lower leg injury as well. So, got some injuries there. We got to see, you know, how this old line's going to come together the rest of the year. I would be pissed if I took all the first team reps and they let this. You know, and I just think I warn you with PJ, it's not always, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, as bad as Sam Darnold played, I mean, PJ, he's a backup. He was in the XFL for a reason. So, I mean, I'm with you. I want to see, yeah, he deserves an opportunity at least because he won the backup job in camp. Um, and he deserves to try to probably get a, shot to start a game, you know, with a full week of preparation with first team reps. 
But, you know, I'm just not – I haven't seen enough out of them to make me confident that we'd see any improvement from what we saw today. Hey, Will, did he really win it or was it kind of gifted to him? Because <laughs> I think Will Greer clearly – I played P.J. Walker <laughs> in the um, in the preseason. I'm sorry. Like I said, it, it might be that, you know, Temple Connection, you know, rule trying to look out and try to help jumpstart, you know, get some for P.J., but uh, – you know, anyone that followed the preseason games, uh, Will Greer was easily um, the better uh, backup quarterback, you know, um, during the uh, during the preseason. So, yeah, that's another story. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I saw that, too. Um, I mean, you were at camp, too. You know, was Will Greer showing out at camp? Or was P.J. outperforming him at the practices? Um, at camp, no. I mean, Will Grill was Will Grill was definitely holding his own. I mean, did he make mistakes? Yeah, all three of them made mistakes. Uh, you know, as you see, this is a very good defense uh, that they were facing. But you know, just when you put the collect overall collective effort, um, you know, Will Grill was you know putting the ball in spots where the receivers were able to get some yak. You know, not these you know suicide balls that Donna throws now. <laughs> You know, you know, we used to talk about Cam throwing them high jump balls where receivers stop and jump to have to get it. Well, with Donald, hell, they're not jumping, but hell, they're getting set up to ran ran right into a mat truck of a defender. So, uh, man, it's just <laughs> um, like like I told you in my opening statement, if if Will Greer was the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers today and to play that game, I, I really believe that he would have gave us them 17, 20 points that we would have. Uh, that we could have used to um, um, to um, to beat the uh, New England Patriots. And this is a good question here. Do you think Teddy's comments on the OC were absolutely correct? Hell yeah. He has no reason to lie. He was doing a podcast with his uh, friends from the NFL, and he spoke his mind. I, I see it as an organization that threw him under the bus, you know, made him the scapegoat for why they were no good last year. And, I mean, you think about it, Teddy Bridgewater, say what you want about him. He's played in an offense with Norv Turner, who was one of the greatest offensive coordinators in NFL history. You know, look at his resume. He's played with Sean Payton, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL today. So playing with Norv Turner and Sean Payton, you know, he knows what a practice is supposed to look like. He knows what preparation is supposed to look like. He played behind Drew Brees, who's going to the Hall of Fame. He knows what it is. He knows what – is required to prepare for an NFL game. He knows going into a game is our offense. You know, did we have a good week of practice? Are we prepared to go out and do what we have to do to execute well? So come into here with these college coaches to be able to, you know, run the practices the way they do. He's seeing things that they aren't doing that he saw North Turner do, that he saw Sean Payton do, that he saw Drew Brees do. So he comes out and says they need to fix this, this, and that. So, I mean, Teddy probably has more experience, you know, running a practice, preparing for games than Joe Brady and Matt Rule do at the NFL level. You know, and instead, you know, these amateur coaches tried to throw him under the bus, you know, and he had to speak his mind to try to say, you know, hey, let's say, wait a minute. You know, I, I don't mind if, if I'm not your guy, I'm not your guy. Let's move on professionally. But to make me the scapegoat, you know, throw me under the bus the way you guys are, I need to tell my side of the story. And I think now you're seeing that, you know, you know, our coaching staff isn't as prepared with game management, you know, in situational football as they should be. Seems like the offense wants rule wants to roll, you know, and that's funny because 
I told Kev and Smooth today in the chat that, you know, Matt Rule wants to run the ball. Why are you going to hire a passing game coordinator from LSU that specializes in coverage beaters and route concepts? You know, if you hire Joe Brady, you want an explosive passing offense, right? But why are you going to bring in Joe Brady, you know, and now you're going to say, oh, no, I don't want to do that no more. Let's just run the ball 35, 40 times a game and see what we can do there. And in the NFL nowadays, it's just not going to win games. It's not sustainable. Uh, maybe Brady and Rules just, you know, aren't compatible as a duo. And, you know, I mean, Joe Brady will probably be a favorite for one of these, for the LSU job, if anything. I can see him possibly leaving after this season. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I really think – I think Rule only wanted to run the ball, like, say, like you said, to protect Sam because once he saw that Sam without um, – CMC wasn't able to elevate his game. And I think that's why he that's why he wanted to switch it up. So I don't I don't think it was a want to be a running team out of philosophy. I think it was more so out of necessity to try to minimize the damage. But we see even with that, like I said, with this our offensive water game plan is so watered down now, and we're still you know seeing Sam Donald just just you know mess up. He's scared to throw like nobody is open. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's a part of the problem. And I think part of that is the coaching staff is now beating into his head. If you don't like what you see, tuck it and run or throw it away. So instead of, you know, going through his progression, come off DJ Moore, fine, Terrace Marshall, fine, Robbie Anderson, you know, they're not getting targeted. And you just either eat the ball on a throwaway or he just takes off and run. And that's going to bring me to this next comment, Terrace Marshall Jr. How can you say that? I mean, how can you say Terrence Marshall Jr. is a bust when, one, you know, he got concussed from a hospital ball against the Houston Texans and had to miss a couple weeks, right? Today's his first game back after he cleared protocol, and he can't get a target because, you know, we can't go through a progression and find him. So, you know, I don't. I think it's way too premature to declare uh, he's a bust until, you know, we see him with a competent quarterback and system. You say, I had a typo. Do we think we release Darnold? At this point, man, you just take the loss. And I'm fed up with what I've seen from him. Um, you just can't play offense like this in the NFL and expect to win games. You know, this is year four. He is what he is. You know, there's not some magical formula or untapped potential that we're missing, that we'd miss out on, that, you know, he's going to go somewhere and be a franchise quarterback and we're going to regret it. It's just time to cut our losses and try to find a franchise quarterback because you're not going to sustain success in this league without one. Yeah, and I think another thing we need to do is get us a proven veteran backup, I mean veteran quarterback to come in along with the um you know the quarter you know franchise franchise quarterback of the future. Uh, again, I'm you know I tweeted out earlier, I'm all for you know eating the uh 18 million dollar 18.5 million dollar fifth year option salary cap hit that comes with Lego Sam Donald. Because see, here's here's the thing about that. You know, teammates, our teammates probably not going to publicly throw them under the bus. Well, best believe they're having conversations in that locker room that we would just absolutely love to hear. Um, and you know, when you think about guys that's coming up with contracts, DJ Moore, he doesn't play with what now? This is seven different quarterback. You know, you want to think, does he want to stick around with this franchise to seem to have a revolving door 
at quarterback that keeps holding him back from potentially being a, a, a top 10, 10 caliber, a top 10 caliber receiver. Um, you know, Brian Burns, you know, you know, he's in his third year, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, does, does, does this defense want to re up and play up on a team that that's going to constantly, you know, put them in bad position or constantly not take advantage of, of their hard work. You know, so I, I just think that, yeah, we need to cut our losses for the sake of, you know, preserving, you know, the core that we are building here um, because that frustration boils over, you know, and, and, and um, you know, it's just there's nothing about Sam Donner that's going to make these guys feel like he's going to give them a chance to win, even if they do their job to the best of their ability. There's nothing about it. What I will say is 18, you know, quarterback, 18 million for a backup quarterback is probably reasonable. So, I mean, we don't, I don't think we have to um, flat out release him. I mean, as bad as he is, I mean, yes, you ask yourself, is he a top 64 quarterback in this league? I'd say yes. So maybe have him as a backup and maybe either address the position through the draft or going to be some big names come available next year, like Deshaun Watson, possibly Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So, I mean, it depends on how, you know, Scott Fitter, he's not afraid to swing for the fences. We have the worst O-line. I know, Kev, we haven't really watched the film yet. It won't come out till Tuesday. Did you think the O-line was that big of an issue today? Um, You know, when, when you lose your starting center, third player of the game, that's just going to really throw things in a funk, you know. Um, but, you know, overall, Sam Donald was only sat, you know, one time today for 10 yards. Um, you know, the Patriots defense, um, let's see. Uh, they only got three quarterback hits on Sam Donald. So Sam Donald was well protected today. One sack, three quarterback hits, a few hurries. Um, that's now the offense line, even with um, uh, Paradise going out, even with uh, Cam Irvin going out, uh, you know, because this ain't no, this ain't no, no shitty defense that the Patriots got. They got some playmakers, you know, on, on that defense. But uh, now offensive line um, for the second week in a row was uh, not 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 the issue. Now, uh, obviously, they couldn't duplicate the strong running game they had in Atlanta, um, you know, like they did with the 200-something yards rushing. But uh, pass blocking-wise, um, Sam Donna dropped back 33 times, one sack, three quarterback hits, uh, a few hurries. So that means, what, about 25, 26 times. You know, he had very good protection. And, you know, and like you said, a lot of the 170 yards he did get, a lot of that was just check downs, you know, saying in, in the fourth quarter. You know, it was just like almost, you know, gave up trying to, you know, throw the ball anything beyond 10 yards. You think we'll bring in another QB this week or the coaches stay with Sam? Um, that's a good question. Um, question is, what are our options? You know, as far as a veteran, I know we're not bringing in Cam Newton. You know, that's kind of the fun thing to say. I just don't think I don't see that happening. I saw something on uh, Kev may be able to confirm this, but because I haven't been to the stadium in a while. But on that um, NFC championship picture, did they take Cam's picture off of it in the stadium? Or is that something you've seen walking around? 
Nah, Camp Pigeon is um is up throughout the stadium. I've Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There was a rumor going around on Twitter that um, they had removed Cam's face from the uh, NFC Championship uh, pictures in the stadium. <laughs> They're just trying to make something, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, what veteran? I mean, you're gonna go high end vet like Philip Rivers. You're gonna go, you know, low end vet. You know, I don't know who else is out there, but I mean, I think you know we're what week ten now. I think uh, probably just going to end up seeing if Sam and PJ can, you know, finish this, turn it around. I want to personally apologize to Teddy Bridgewater, but a good portion of it. Um, I think a lot of fans are kind of um, seeing what we were saying about Teddy last year. You know, I think sometimes, yeah, when you have a game manager, quarterback, it's not going to take a lot of chances. You're going to prioritize protecting the football over making big plays, you're always going to want more, and that's okay. You know, but at the same time, it can always be worse. You know, a game manager starter would have won us a game today, would have won a game a couple weeks ago. He, you know, he does things that aren't pretty, that aren't, you know, highlight reels, but they, they protect the football, they get us in the right play, they set protections, they spread the ball around like a point guard, get everybody involved. I mean, think about it, man. Last year we had four. 1,000 yard skill players. That's you know that's a good achievement. And ever, and the funny part about it is, people gave the skill players and Joe Brady the credit, but Teddy for some reason had nothing to do with that. When he's the one, you know, distributing the ball to the skill players. You know, Teddy was able to win games without Christian McCaffrey last year. So I think it's a matter of you know I think none of us really thought he would be the long term answer, regardless, but keeping him as kind of your game manager bridge guy and drafting possibly a Justin Fields or the guy we saw today, Mac Jones, or even this year in this coming draft, the Sam Howell, or, you know, Kenny Pickett, uh, Malik Willis, Carson Strong. It would have allowed us more time to evaluate the position and find the quarterback of the future instead of paying him $17 million to go win five games in Denver. Well, we're paying Sam Darnold $18 million, gave up three, you know, draft picks looking like a highway robbery for Joe Douglas and the Jets right now. <laughs> I love our skill players, but this offense was built, you know, and that, it gets back, you know, Kev can speak on this. Our, that was the narrative. That was actually correct during the first few games. Our offensive line struggled. But can we really say that for like the past three, four weeks? Um, in the past three games, our offensive line has played well enough for us to win games. Uh, obviously, our best, uh, obviously our best running performance was run blocking performance was last week in Atlanta, and honestly, today was our best pass blocking performance. I mean, when the last time you heard one sack and three quarterback hits, you know, by by uh, by this offensive line. Um, you know, that's just that's just pretty much um that's pretty much it. So for the last three weeks, you know, even though it didn't show in New York when we got beat 25 to 3. But uh yeah, this this offensive line for the last three games have uh you know, you know, ever since we placed Michael Jordan in at guard and um Trent Scott in at other guard and um, you know, definitely got better. But now we've had a setback because now we lost Paradise, who was our second best offensive lineman this year behind uh Moten. And who knows how long uh, Cam Irvin going to be out? So you know, look like it's going to be Brady Christensen time again. 
but we'll just to back up that last question that was said um, about Teddy. Let me throw some numbers out here for you real quick. 2020 with the Panthers, Teddy had 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, passer rating of 92.1, 69% completion, uh, 3,733 yards. Through nine games today with Denver, he's doing a better completion percentage at 70%, uh, 2,163 yards. He already has 14 touchdowns and only five interceptions. So, again, yeah, apologize to Teddy because if Sam Donald would have had 14 uh, passing touchdowns and only five interceptions, the Panthers are sitting at, what, would you say 7-2 at worst, Will? Yeah, I mean, we don't really even need, you know, a guy to carry this team. Our defense can get us in position to score. I mean, I think it's just a matter of not turning the ball over. You know, the problem right now with this team is we hand the ball to the other team way too much. I mean, imagine being a cornerback and you see the Carolina Panthers on your schedule. I mean, damn, look at Trayvon Diggs, two interceptions. Darius Slade, two interceptions. Today, J.C. Jackson to interception. What's that Oprah Winfrey? Um, that Oprah Winfrey segment. You get an interception. You get an interception. You get an interception. You get an interception. Boy, if I'm a cornerback getting ready to play the Carolina Panthers next week, man, I'm looking to get my contract extension here, get my interception numbers up. I mean, damn, even James Bradbury got a pick, and he don't even turn around and look for the football. So I mean, so hey, man. What's sad is y'all sort of predicted this would happen this summer, if you remember. Two areas that could have been addressed in the draft were not QB and O-line. Yeah, and I think, you know, and it's, unfortunately, you know, it's part of that. You know, being a fan, you want to see your team win, but watching film and being fans of football, you're looking at some of these roster moves like, man, do we really have confidence that we're really going to make a lot of noise this year? I think Kev and Larry off the bat – we're upset with the um, first day of free agency. What do we do? Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, you know, trying to address the O-line. You know, I was not happy with the Darnold trade at all. Uh, I just was not a fan of his game with the Jets. And he did nothing, accomplished nothing there to justify walking onto an NFL roster with no legitimate veteran competition and being handed a starting job. And then you get to the draft. I mean, what happened there? How many old linemen did we pass on in the second round that are starting for other teams now? So we passed on six that are currently starting and, and playing well. So I mean, I love what they've done on the defense, but it, you know, it's time to get our if Joe Brady's here next year, great. We whoever the offensive coordinator is just needs better talent if they're ever gonna accomplish anything. Are we a playoff team with Cam? No. <laughs> I say yes, but I think at the same time, a lot of our fans think Cam's the same player he was six years ago. I mean, let's be, you know, let's keep it 100 like we do here. He had eight, what, eight touchdown passes, 10 interceptions last year. But, right. I mean, hey, Darnold's already thrown 11, so at least he took care of the ball better than the guy we got now. So do we look forward? Who do we start? <laughs> Temple or Baylor offensive coordinator. Do we go? Oh, we already talking about the draft, huh? Um, we have some draft uh, news. Um, uh, Dan Morgan, our assistant general manager of the Carolina Panthers, former linebacker as well, linebacker on that Super Bowl team, actually. 
he was at uh, Pittsburgh uh, this past Saturday watching uh, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Panthers. He's going to so, say, I mean, that's not be a name you're going to hear uh, this winter, this spring. And we had some scouts at the Liberty versus Ole Miss game, and that would be uh, quarterback Malik Willis for Liberty. He might be the third or fourth quarterback taken. And um, Matt Corral, quarterback for Ole Miss, who might be, you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks in this draft. So, I mean, there's not really an official big board out yet, so we don't know how the chips will fall. We just know our scouts are out there watching some of these college quarterbacks. Yeah, we probably won't have that out till, you know, after the seasonal whip. But, yeah, we, we have began our initial, you know, analysis and, you know, just kind of, you know, gathering information and, you know, we have uh, we have about three guys behind the scenes with us here, the four man rush who specifically, you know, monitor, you know, all aspects and players of college football. So. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely be doing more of our, um, you know, our um, draft uh, uh, profile prospects like we did this past year, um, you know, for you guys. But uh, definitely, definitely it's going to be quarterback heavy. Best believe that. <laughs> Comment here. No, we're not a playoff team. We'd be lucky. No, what's funny? Uh, to date, the Panthers have had the easiest schedule in the NFL. The rest of the season, the Panthers have the number one hardest schedule in the NFL. So I think we kind of got a little bit of fool's gold from the start right now. Considering our strength of schedule, four and five is not a good start for this team. We should have probably been six and three, seven and two right now. Um you know, so when you kind of compare rules, year one to year two progress, think about it. Year one, we had a gauntlet of a schedule. You know, we had Tampa, New Orleans, Kansas City, like back to back to back. So, I mean, Green Bay on the road. I mean, that was a brutal schedule we had last year. This year, not so far. I mean, we played teams like the Jets, the Texans, the Falcons. We've had a lot of cupcakes early on this year. So, you know, at four and five, you know, great. We got four wins, almost matched last year's total, but our schedule's a lot, lot easier than it was last year. So it's really hard to judge the progress uh, this team's made from year one to year two. I think we'll get a better idea on how we finish. Not to say I don't think we can finish strong. I mean, I'll take our defense against anybody, but, you know, the schedule's definitely going to have some tough games. And it's going to start next week, you know, at Arizona, the first place Cardinals. Yeah, who won with uh, Colt McCoy today, <laughs> you know, and, and they're backup receivers. So, you know, it's just incredible how everybody else's backups can step up and perform. But, you know, we have to, you know, make excuses with ours. So, hey. <laughs> can this coaching staff coach? If, that's a good question. I don't know. Or will Phillip Rivers coach our coaching staff? <laughs> he got sat once because he would throw the ball in the ground when protection broke down, dot, dot, dot. And then when he did have time, he went, yeah. I think we talked about that already. The O-line is decent. Sam is just bad. I agree yep. with that. You know, I think um, a lot of professional quarterbacks, if you listen to some of their interviews, they'll say that sacks are a quarterback stat. And I think um, if you look at some of the sacks that Sam's taken this year, a lot of them are from holding the ball too long, you know, three-step drop and not getting the ball out. So maybe – I don't think our O-line – maybe he makes a C-minus, D-plus offensive line. looks like an F-minus offensive line because of his limitations. But I still think both positions need to be addressed. 
I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Another comment about him holding the ball too long. We touched on that already. I think they stay with Darnold because they won't. I disagree with that. I mean, they moved on from uh, Teddy after one year. I mean, they were in the mix. They were just trying to call Deshaun Watson a week ago. So they're definitely out there trying to upgrade at that position. Uh, let's keep going. Darnold was absolutely as bad as Jimmy Clausen was. What was Jimmy Clausen? Well, I mean, here's the deal. Well, Jimmy Clausen was a rookie. You know, we're comparing a fourth-year Sam Darnold to a first-year Jimmy Clausen, right? And that was the that after the lockout, Ken? Or did he get a full offseason? Oh, you're talking about um, Jimmy Clausen? Yeah. And, um, he got an offseason. Lockout yeah. with Cam, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had offseason Cam, didn't? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think Clawson was worse, but considering that he was a rookie, a second-round pick rookie, day two pick, and Darnold's in his fourth year, there, there maybe there is an argument to be made on who's worse. Please answer this question. If we change QBs right now at four and five and bring in Cam, Kaepernick, or RG3, do we have a better outcome? Um... You got to keep in mind a quarterback's got to learn the playbook, learn the system, get a you know, develop chemistry with the receivers, you know, get caught up with the speed of the game. You know, it's going to be moving a lot faster if you've been sitting on your couch for several months. So, I don't know how effective a veteran would be, you know, almost 10 games into the year at this right. stage. And we look at the names that's mentioned, I mean, none of them were able to consistently you know, when from the pocket, which is what it takes these days, you know, you're looking at, you know, all three of these been athletic, athletic quarterbacks, but you know, you know, there's, we now have defensive ends outside linebackers that can match, you know, the speed and quickness of, you know, those type of, you know, running dual threat quarterbacks. So, you know, Cam, um, Colin Kaepernick and RG3 were never known to be able to consistently. Now, did they have moments, some stretches where they won from the pocket? Yeah, sure. But, was it something that you know that you can rely on every single game? Um, the answer to that is no. So, again, you're talking about a crash course, uh, bringing someone, like I say, cold off the streets. Uh, got to learn the, you know, the protections. Got to learn, like, you know, that takes time. You, 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 that's, that's just like taking a 500-page a manual and telling them to learn it in a week. You know, it don't it don't work like that. You know, it's, 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 like I said, it's not like Madden where you can just – you know, look at plays and just pick the best one and, you know, two it like that. It's, it's much more complicated in real life. And what you got to realize, too, is comp look at what uh, Teddy Bridgewater had to do for the offense last year versus what Sam Darnold is doing this year. Teddy would be given three plays, go to the line of scrimmage. He set protection. Matt Paradis didn't do that last year. Teddy did it. He set protections. He'd get us in the right play. You know, make his checks, make his hot reads. He, he did all of that at the line of scrimmage. His pre-snap work, the coach was staff put a lot on his plate pre-snap. So him having that veteran presence, that experience, like I said, playing in that system, playing with Sean Payton, playing with North Turner, he's, he has a he's a high IQ player. You know, his weakness is athletic limitation, but he's a high IQ player. So he was able to mask a lot of the coaching inexperience and deficiencies just off his experience because he was like an extra coach in the building. You know, with Darnold, they don't have that. You know, they're trying to take as much off his plate as possible. And I think you're kind of seeing the result of that. So, you know, the execution hasn't improved. 
you know, last year, what was the problem? We were very good from 20 to 20, got in the red zone. We struggled a bit. This year, we're terrible regardless of where we get field position. So um, I think that's another thing to consider when bringing in another vet is how much are you going to put on his plate? Can someone tell me what Tommy Trimble did today? About the same as a solid. He had a catch, didn't he? Uh, let me take a look here. Tommy Trimble. Yeah, he had uh, one catch for six yards. Uh, he was targeted twice. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, we're talking about a player that's not getting utilized. I mean, look at our tight end. You know, you know, Ian Thomas one, targeted twice, caught it one time for nine yards. Tommy Trumbull targeted twice uh, one time. So how can we properly evaluate what these tight ends can do and, and place – you know, these overall assessment when you got this type of quarterback play. Um, and I, I, I just I just think that, you know, fans jump to conclusion and expect, you know, instant results without looking, without taking in the whole, you know, content of the entire situation. I mean, if you know Kev talking about quarterback play, you know it's a problem because his mentality prior to this year was we can – as long as we protect whoever's back there, whether it's Teddy, Sam, Cam Newton, or whoever, you know, we should be fine. But after nine games, now he's talking like me. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> just yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a double-sided cap here. You know, I still got my got my old line cap here. But, um, yeah, y'all definitely have to teach me how, how to properly evaluate uh, these quarterbacks like y'all be doing, man, because – Nine games of Sam I am has you know has just ruined just ruined me because like I said these last few uh, performances by our offensive line have been more than enough for us to win and we've only got one win out of three to show for it so yeah yeah I'm I'm, I'm a lot more QB friendly uh, with our first round pick this year. We should try to trade for a veteran. The trade line did not actually ended last week, so that, that ship is sailed, actually, man. So, but I agree, we do need. We should probably add some veteran competition, but it would have to be a free agent signing. We can't sign up. Um, we can't make any more trades until the uh, new league year. Sam just bad. A lot of negative Darnold comments. Not surprised by that today. Surprised nobody bought up the um, ankle lock on Brian Burns yet. We'll get to that though. Disheartening after a fast start to be below 500 this time of year. Several games back, we're talking back in the playoffs. Now we're talking about a high draft pick. You know, I was happy with the 3-0 start, but that was nothing more than winning games that we were supposed to win. You know, you had the New York Jets who were rebuilding. New York Saints, I mean, their whole coaching staff had COVID. They were missing guys. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marshawn Lattimore didn't even play that game. You had um, who the Houston Texans. I mean, they just – you know, lost to the Dolphins today. And then we had uh, the Falcons who were probably, you know, fighting with us to be at the basement of the NFC South. So, I mean, I don't – I'm you know, four wins is great. Win is a win. It's hard to get those in this league. But I don't think we're really beating a team that convinces me that, you know, we, we can make some noise this year. Maybe we can sneak up on Cardinals next week. Who knows? Josh Rosen would be – they were in the same draft too, weren't they? <laughs> Yep, they were, 2018. We picked them over Lamar Jackson. Wow. <laughs> the Panthers played Denver. Nope, that was last year we had the uh, AFC West. 
What should we draft first, QB or LT? Best player available. That's my mentality. You have any disagreement there, Ken? <laughs> no, nah, no disagreement. You guys may have talked about this, and I may have missed it. I'm observing Sammy seeing zero ability to find a receiver and throw them open. No way. That's true, and you can't see that on the um, live broadcast as well. But if you watch all 22, guys are definitely getting open downfield. I think Joe Brady, his strength actually is designing, you know, route concepts to attack the different zone coverages. You know, Darnold's just not a guy that's gonna, you know, go through progressions and win you win you games with his mental processing. He's more of an athletic guy, so. They tried to roll him out today, get him in space, let him run a bit. But as we saw, that didn't work very well either. Y'all, we are not getting another QB this season. Just start PJ. I actually agree with that. I mean, I'm not high on PJ, but at this point, what do we have to lose? I mean, can we really be any worse than what we saw these past few weeks? Thomas did some... Yeah, what did Ian Thomas uh, do, Kev? Wouldn't he like to get um, punched in the face and he just retaliated? Yeah, he got caught uh, retaliating. The player definitely had a by his face mask and was pulling on it, so I get it. Uh, it's just when he uh, snatched him away and pushed him off of his face mask that he got caught. So, I mean, you saying that is some stupid stuff, but if a player, you know, if you're talking about player safety is like uh, – you know, got you and pulling you by the face mask and just pulling you around and you're trying to shake loose. I mean, that's going to be your natural instinct. So, yeah, I mean, the penalty's on him because he got caught. But if you watch it, you know, all over, you know, you can't really blame him. You know, you can't you can't have some guy, you know, pulling around by your face mask, you know, saying walking around, on, you know, during the field. So uh, I don't blame me and Thomas. Yeah, the penalty was bad, but, you know, you got to put yourself in that man's shoes. What if that was you? Yeah, I just enjoy it. I just want somebody to show some passion, so I'll take a flag. PJ should have started this game. How do you have five days of practice all week? Straight stupid. I mean, you know, when you listen to the Matt Rules post-game interview, he didn't seem to show a lot of confidence in Darnold, so don't be surprised if uh, we have maybe a competition or uh, PJ gets an opportunity next week, so stay tuned. It's clear that he can't go. No, he can't. He can't, um, I think. But the thing is, I mean, trying to do these simple run-read plays and he still can't, you know, still struggling with that as well. Solid QB play when that Eagles game and Vikings. Though I think he means QB. Right. We win that. Oh, yeah, we do win that. We don't, I agree with that. Yeah, I get what he's saying. Uh, Y'all in these ghosts. <laughs> How long are we going to let that uh, joke ride out? Hey, you saw what I posted, right? The little kid. <laughs> Man. What was the deal with the batted balls today? Oh, now, Kev, don't they say the batted balls are on the O-line for not getting the defenders hands down? But isn't that kind of easier said than done? <laughs> yeah, for those, like, those type of plays, are those usually for the three-step drops uh, where the ball's coming out quick? And so defensive linemen are taught that, uh, once you see the quarterback pull up, you know, go ahead and get your hands up. Uh, but, yeah, it does fall on us on the offensive line because, you know, we're taught to do what is called P-hole blocking. And uh, <laughs> what P-hole essentially means, well, 
they may have changed the term, but essentially it's still the same thing where you uh, you aim your blocking area in towards the groin area of a defender because his natural action is to put his hands down to protect himself so that the quarterback can get off the quick pass. But when you're not able to sustain, when you're not able to do that, uh, that allows the defender to be able to get his hands up. So when it's the three-step dropbacks, you know, the, you know, it's the uh, supposed to look like a running play to get the, the, the defender's hands down. But when he's able to recognize that's a pass, if you're, if you're not blocking in an area where he's, feels the need to um, remove you, then, yeah, it's, it falls on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with that. I mean, I don't think that second um, interception was Darnold's fault. That was just an incredible play by the uh, by the um, defender there. Um, and I know we see, you know, you watch other quarterbacks. Oh, sorry about that, y'all. We got a spam comment. I know you see these other guys around the league where um, you know Mahomes will sidearm it and get it around the defender's hands. Or what's that touchdown? Uh, what game was that? Uh, Kev when Cam kind of sidearmed it around the defender's uh, arms and caught uh, Greg Olson or was it Ed Dixon diving for the touchdown? Yeah, that was uh, Ed Dixon against the uh, Falcons at home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of sidearmed it right around the defender. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to ask Darnold to make, you know, plays like that, but mostly it's on the O-line. When are we going to get an all-22 video? We're working on that. The NFL uh, game pass kind of changed how they present the all-22, so it's not as easy to put videos together, but we'll get something out there for you all at some point. I mean, I don't know if this is the game you want to see, but – We'll see what we can do. Also, we do it on Twitter as well. So if you follow us on Twitter at CountryCab at Four Man Rush, we have all of our individual handles on the main Four Man Rush account. You can see some more uh, All Twenty Two film content there as well. Yeah. Also, uh, follow um, Big Smooth at a uh, Smooth Operator for the Four Man Rush too, as well. So right. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get you the offensive line, all 22, all week long. I posted the ghost joke Saturday, and he ended up seeing them today. Yeah, I mean, and you think about it, I mean, Bill Belichick's got his number. I mean, so, I mean, one thing about Bill is he knows your uh, weaknesses and how to attack them. Sure enough, you know, he probably was happy to see Sam today. We talk about, we've been talking about quarterbacks all show. What do you think about uh, the other team's quarterback, Matt Jones? In the first or second, early in the game, Brian Burns gets a strip sack. You know, he's trying to chase the loose ball. Uh, Matt Jones grabs his ankle and pulls it and kind of rolls on it. And Brian Burns, I guess, injured his ankle. And I don't know if he hurt the same ankle late in the game. You think that was a dirty play by Matt Jones, or was he just trying to prevent Burns from, you know, getting – Chasing the fumble recovery and possibly scooping and scoring. Uh, me personally, to call it dirty, it would be easy to say so because I, I don't think it was with the intent to hurt, but it was more so to try to uh, slow him down um, from getting it. But um, but the way that it looked, it does look real. You know, grabbing that anchor is one thing, but when I saw it. When it was slowed down in the stadium and it seemed like he was kind of trying to turn it a little bit, that's where I had the problem with at it. So I can make a case either way. I don't, I, 
that I don't think he intended it to hurt, but the way he executed it was just poorly displayed. And I can definitely understand uh, Brian Burns' frustration because, Will, as you all know, them, you know, you must try to get a high ankle sprain. You're looking at what, two to four weeks, four to six weeks, uh, possibly. So I can definitely understand why he, uh, uh, why he feels that way. Yeah, think about it. We lose Brian Burns for four to six weeks. I mean, that's, I mean, I can't think of a more important loss <laughs> for that defense. So, hopefully, he's okay. Um, was his second ankle injury the same one? Do you know yet? Um, I'm not sure yet. I haven't been able to confirm that. Yeah, we'll have more information for you guys uh, tomorrow night on that as well. All right, well, let's get through all the um. Fan comments for the night. We're about an hour, 15 minutes in. Louvu. Yeah, Louvu's been playing well this year. I think he's been one of the most pleasant surprises. Him, Jermaine Carter, Shaq Thompson have all been very solid performers on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, Shaq, no, Gilmore got the interception today, but yeah, Shaq was all over the field as well. But yeah, I mean, so that's um hour 15 minutes um going on. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow night. We'll break down the upcoming game against the uh, first place Arizona Cardinals. So this will uh, easily be probably our toughest test to date. Uh, Arizona's a team we've beaten twice in a row. So don't expect this team to overlook uh, Carolina this year. They'll be out to get revenge and in that losing streak. We'll see um, if we get any updates on DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray status. I know they were both out today. And just remember, it's a week-to-week league. So what happened today um, has nothing to do with next week. Hopefully we'll just see a new uh, team coming out. You know, put this behind us, burn the tape. Seems like we're doing that way too often. But throw away the tape, burn it, and we'll see. We can um, get back next week. Yeah, Smooth doing great. You know, he's just got a – he's a night job guy. So sometimes he got to work nights. You know, he's a a third shift guy, operator. (laughs) All right, so you got anything else to say, Ken, before we sign off for the night? No, nah, this is fan, fan. I, I, We definitely feel your frustration. Um, you know, like I say, just imagine how the defense feel. But, you know, at the end of the day, go ahead, vent, get it out your system, whatever you got to do to to put this behind you. You know, it may take a few days uh, for you, usually what it takes me, usually by Wednesday, Thursday. I'm, you know, I got my second win to try to – get myself psyched up for the upcoming game. But, um, but yeah, just, um, you know, just want to thank you guys for supporting the four man rush and, and um, definitely make sure you guys come check us out on, on, um, on tomorrow night. You know, I know it's back to back. I know it'll be Monday night football, but uh, we definitely love for you guys to come back here and, and uh, interact with us as we uh, get ready for week 10 at Arizona. And hopefully we have more, uh, News from uh, Matt Rule's interview about what his plans are at quarterback and some updates on injuries to key guys. So, you know, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Keep pounding. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.